Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. Hello and welcome to House to Home Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Scroggins, and today I have our very first guest, Pastor William Hill. You must be special. You're a first guest. Do you know okay, that? Okay, I guess I'm special. Yeah. All right. It's so, nice to be thought of as special. Yeah, you are. I mean, I thought of you first. That's that's pretty special. So Pastor William Hill is my pastor, and we have been talking about rhythms in the home, and I wanted to talk to him specifically about the Sabbath and how it should shape and form our weekly rhythms. Many of our listeners may understand the Sabbath well. I'm sure a lot of our church members do if you're listening. But I would guess that to many, the Sabbath has never really been Anything more than a day that we go to church, maybe you just block out a couple hours to go to the church service, you grab a bite to eat afterwards, Um, maybe you have family dinners that day, maybe you don't go to church at all. But Pastor Hill is going to help us better understand what the Sabbath actually is and why we are commanded to honor it and keep it holy. So before we jump in, you're new here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm new in all kinds of ways. New to the podcast, new to the church. Yeah, you are. You're well, so as, new. As, as Brianna <laughs> said, I am the uh, I'm the pastor of Providence Church. I'm her pastor, her husband's pastor, and a lot of other people's pastor here. Um, uh, came uh, to Providence in November of 2020. I was born and raised in a Christian home, mostly Baptistic background. I have three children. I'm married. Have three children. I'm married to your co-host. Yeah, Gwen. Gwen's our co-host. This is her and, hubby. Um, for I don't know how many years. I forgot. <laughs> Thirty-three. Oh wow. Yes. That's a long time. 33 years married, um, three children all grown and um, living everywhere. So, oh, let's see. Um, I have particular hobbies that I enjoy, mostly baseball. (laughs) And that's about to come. uh, The season's about to start, so I'll be mostly unavailable every night until (laughs) the baseball season's over. Yankees fan. Yes, very much so. I'm a graduate of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Graduated in 2016. I was ordained one week later uh, to the ministry. This is my third call as a pastor, and I'm just glad to be here and um, living in a rather a larger metropolitan area, as yeah. it were, than I'm used to, than I was in for the last four or five years. This is more like what I grew up with, so. He came from the Smoky Mountain area. I did. It's so a very pretty small there. Small town of seven thousand people, and it's yeah. beautiful. There's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot to do in Evansville. Yes. So a man who grew up in a city of one point five million, <laughs> going to seven thousand people was a little bit of a challenge, I but bet. the Lord used it to grow me a little bit more. So I won't uh, complain about it. All right. Well, we're happy to have you at the church, and we have, yeah, we've definitely got to know you guys well since November, and they've grown, our friendship has grown, good pastor, good pastor's wife, so I guess that's why you're on here today, we think so highly of you. All right, so let's just jump right in. We're just going to ask the question, what is the Sabbath? I'm sure we have some listeners that don't really have a deep understanding of this day, so... Get yeah, it. it's a it, it is an issue that I think causes um, many people um, either because of misunderstanding or um, 
bad teaching that they've received throughout their lives. Um, there was a day and age in our country when and people out there probably remember this, so if they don't, their parents or grandparents certainly remember these things we used to call blue laws, hmm. in which businesses were shut down on Sunday because of the local ordinances, so nothing was open. And yeah. so people would go to either go to church or not go to church, but they weren't able to really do much else uh, other than that. My father, when he was growing up, his father, my grandfather, would uh, make them... Uh, stay in. They couldn't go out play with their friends. And okay, that's not the idea. Right, right. right? So, the Sabbath is an is a, a a command of God given in the Ten Commandments, that moral summation of His law, in which He um, uh, articulates uh, this one day in seven that should be kept holy to Him. Now, where does that originally come from? And of course, when you read in Exodus twenty. Uh, the references to creation week. And so we go back and we see in six days the Lord created the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And on the seventh day he rested. Therefore God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so we note right away that this is something that God intended for man before even the fall. Okay. It's a day of rest. The word Sabbath does not mean Saturday. I know people get confused by that, but that's not what the word means. It means either a day of rest or a rest of some nature. And there's different Sabbaths in the Bible. But the specific Sabbath, the seventh day, as it turns out in creation week, is not named Saturday. There were no days named in those days. It was just a number, the seventh day. And it's on that day that God sets it apart, makes it different than the other six. And we note that as if you read through Genesis chapter 1, you see regularly where it, uh, where um, evening and morning was the first day, second day, and God saw that it was made, it was good. Right. When we get to the seventh day, we don't have, first we don't have an evening and a morning. And then we don't have the proclamation of it being good. We have the proclamation of it being holy. Hmm. It's distinct from the other six. It's set apart over against the other six days in order that man might worship on that day. So man was made on the sixth day so that they might worship on the seventh day. And the reason there's no evening and morning is because all of life is worship. But particularly this day is unique in that sense in which we are afforded the opportunity by by coming apart from our normal duties of the week that God gives to us to do, like working our jobs and, and, and running errands and our recreations and all those things that we can do and get to do during the week and need to do. But now, this day, it's unique. It's different from the others. We come apart from the world and all of that that goes into that. And we're able to not only go to church... Uh, either Sunday morning, Sunday evening, or both. Um, but we're able to enjoy God's people. We're afforded greater opportunity for hospitality, for Christian fellowship. We're afforded more opportunity to, as families to read the Word of God together, to pray together, to rest, to take a nap if you're tired, uh, to do a host of things that simply are not afforded to us in a normal week, like right. on a Tuesday when the husband or uh, goes off to work and comes home. He's he's tired. It's hard to have people over. It's just different. Mm -hmm. This day is unique in that way. The other thing is important to notice about the Sabbath is that God made the Sabbath for us. Um, and oftentimes people get a little bit messed up here because of all the rules and regulations that people drop on pe on, on on heads of well-meaning 
uh, well-meaning teachers begin a, uh, a series of lists of rules and regulations about what you can and cannot do right. on the Sabbath. And uh, while there are certainly those things, the fact of the matter is the Lord wants us to delight in that day. And by delighting in Him, we delight in that day. And by delighting in that day, we delight in Him. They go together. And so what oftentimes happens is that if we just go through the motions of thou shalt not watch baseball on Sunday, <laughs> it loses all the fun. There's no joy. It's just an arduous task of which I can't wait for midnight to get here so I can then watch baseball. Well, that's not exactly the idea. Right. The Sabbath day is a picture um, given to us by God in a very gracious way to remind us of something that is coming. And that is our eternal rest. So the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 4, he makes this, points this out very clearly, that there is a Sabbath rest to come, and that rest is permanent. No evening, no morning, it's right. forever. And so on earth, we have a snapshot, a Polaroid picture, as it were, of that great day in which will never end. So there won't be time or space. I mean, it, there won't be time, there won't be clocks, there won't be a beginning of the Sabbath and an end of it. It will go on perpetually for eternity. We get to see what that looks like in some small measure today, waiting and, re and being reminded of that day. Mm -hmm. So just to sum up, Sabbath doesn't mean Saturday. It means rest. It's a day that's unique, was appointed before the fall, that man might enjoy God in a unique way um, on a day that he has appointed. I didn't appoint that day. Nobody right. else did. He said, this is a holy day set apart uh, for man, a day in which we can enjoy him and his people. And that's exactly what we will do in eternity. Right. We get to do it now with all of our failings and weaknesses, but then we'll do it in perfection. Yeah, the more that we grow in relationship with the Lord, the more we find that rest in Him right. enjoyable on those days. And again, it might look different in certain households, which we'll talk about that a little bit some, too. Some might push back and say, well, we should enjoy God every day. Well, that's a true statement, of yeah. course, but we have to remember that it was God Himself who established this day for that right. express purpose. And so we don't want to be more holy than God. Right. He's the one who established it this, this way, this manner of life, the whole idea of a week and we live within that week because of how God made us and how he made the first week mm -hmm. and so we want to see that as he sees it as a holy day unique it is different from the other six there was an experiment that was done and I forget who did it I think it was France where they try to shift the the, the normal week to 10 days instead of seven hmm. and it created health crises across the country oh yeah I remember you talking about that. It completely school. goofed mm -hmm. them up. And why? Because we're not wired that way. Right. God hardwired us for a seven-day week, of which one of those is unique to the other six, in which we operate uh, in, a, in a different way. And we're afforded the ability to operate in a different way because we're not consumed with other responsibilities that are good, mm -hmm. uh, but not this day. Right. So... Does that answer your question? It does. Okay. And just on that note, too, remembering that we're finite beings, like we need rest. The Lord knew that. He set this part a day, or He set this day apart, and it's a day that we can rely on Him and kind well, of. We will work ourselves to death if we're allowed to. We will. Yeah. And we live in a society even more so now, I think, than in the past that just go, go, go. Yep. Resting, leisure, anything like that, you almost have to like put that in your calendar, too. Pencil that one in, or you won't do it. 
I don't know if that's in my calendar anywhere. You should. You should pencil that in. <laughs> I should. <laughs> okay. So we know what the Sabbath is now. How do we specifically keep it holy? You talked about it's not this, it's not that, but we know we're commanded still to still do it. We're talking about that. And it seems like many Christians think this command has somehow been done away with, but it hasn't. So what are some, what would you say? How do we specifically keep it holy? Yeah, it's a good question. And it gets to what I said earlier about we want to be careful that we don't just think we're actually keeping the Lord's Day uh, holy and honoring it the way we ought to um, because we have a checklist of rules and regulations. And if I do that, then then God's pleased with my keeping the Sabbath. No, he wants us to delight in that day. Now, of course, that comes, then we get into the whole specifics of exactly what does that look like. Well, I opt out. I prefer to uh, get people excited about the Lord's Day by highlighting all the things they get to do. Yeah. Yeah, there are things we can't do. Uh, Granted, uh, you know, my wife and I, we don't go out to restaurants on the Lord's Day um, because I think that violates the prohibition about work. Now, I'm not working, but other people have to because I'm Mm -hmm. there. Uh, people will say, well, just because you don't go doesn't mean the restaurant's going to close. Well, that's true, but if everybody decided not to go, they wouldn't have any reason to be open. And for, we forget, like what you said, there was a time. I remember even as a kid, lots of places were not open. Right. Whereas now everywhere's open. Probably majority of stores in our small town were not open. Yep. Well, but I used to work in retail. That was my other life before seminary ministry. And 60% of the retail dollars earned us Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's all about the money. But um, so we want to see it first as a delight, a day that God has given to us. He's graced us with this, with the express purpose of being able to enjoy him and his people. Because that's what we'll do for eternity. And because it's a day that's different, we're not running off to the store. We're not running off to the restaurant. We're not running off to work. We can get into the, you know, works of necessity and mercy. But... We're not doing all those regular things that we do during the week that are good. Mm-hmm. Um, we have time to have people over at our homes. We have time to uh, do acts of mercy uh, in our community and, and do things that we normally just would not be able to do on a, on a typical day of the week because we have other God-given responsibilities like to go to work and earn our daily bread and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So so we want to first see it as a delight. The pro, you know, Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 58 he tells God's people just this very thing. And, you know, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day. So what does that mean, my pleasure? Well, whatever you think you would like to do, but isn't really consistent with the overall thrust and emphasis of the Lord's day. So you, whatever is conducive to advancing the purpose of the day to enjoy God and his people is fine and good and lawful. But those things that take away from it aren't. Now, and I would suggest people need to sit down and ask themselves, what are those things that I'm currently doing that may be distracting me from right. those things? You know, if I watch a football game, am I violating the Sabbath? I would say you are. Um, but again, I mean, think through that. How can you watch, legitimately sit down and watch a movie, uh, you know, typical movie, Right. Um, or watch a football game and then at the same time focusing your attention on other people in the room as well as the Lord, his word, prayer, uh, that kind of thing. So I'd say it's you know counterproductive. So he says, look, it's not about your pleasure. Right. It's about what I enjoy and 
God wants to commune with us even on the Sabbath. And so um, we strive to do that by eliminating those distractions that will cause us to think about everything else. We need the mental break as much as the physical break. And if we don't, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll allow ourselves to be consumed mentally with all of our worldly cares and, and, and recreations and activities, and, and, and we're already an anxious enough society anyway, probably because we don't keep the Sabbath day right. as we yeah. should. And so it's not about a checklist. And that we can sit here again. I can I can give you all kinds of ideas, but if you think about all of your the things that you're currently doing on the Lord's Day, and then evaluate it under the simple rubric of, is this, is this uh, promoting my ability to enjoy God and his people? Then do it. But if it's not, if it's taking it away, it's just laziness or idleness, then maybe we need to make an adjustment. Yeah. So like going back to the restaurant, clearly that's pro- prohibited because six days you shall labor, do all your work. The seventh is a day that's holy to the Lord. Again, I'm not working, yes, but other people have to because of you. So we don't do that. We stay away from that uh, enterprise. Now, there may be things that you have to do on the Lord's Day because, as scriptures talk about, your ox is in a ditch, and that's the proverbial phrase. Now, we want to be careful that we don't kick the ox in the ditch. <laughs> I can tell a story here. I was, when I was in seminary, I would drive to Charlotte, North Carolina, every Sunday to uh, help out a church. And I knew Saturday night that I didn't have enough gas in the car to get there and get home. And I did not want to leave the house. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to have to get gas. Well, your ox is in a ditch. No, not in that case. That case, I kicked it in the ditch. Yeah. I kicked it in the ditch because I was too lazy on Saturday night to go get the gas. That's the point. Right. So we want to evaluate that. We want to say, you know, am I, am I prepared for the Lord's Day? And it so, does take planning. Yeah. It does. I mean, and it, you know, it's, it, it's a conscious effort. And for people who are new to this, it's going to be, it's going to seem like a lot more work than it's worth. But if you stay at it, you'll find that the family will fall into a pattern and things will be much easier as time goes on. And it'll be much more enjoyable. How many families are out there, if people would just think about their family life and would love to sit down in the evenings and just read and pray together for 15 minutes? Yeah. But... The, the regular things of life get in the way, and, mm-hmm. and they do, and they're not bad things. It's just that's life. And um, and then Sunday comes rolling around, and we fritter it away doing everything else. You've been yeah. afforded that. There's one day that you could take advantage of and use that to work with your children on catechism questions or scripture memory or read verses of, of the Bible, talk about it, and, mm-hmm. and age-appropriate. One of the mistakes I made as a young father is I I think I exasperated my kids with family worship because I wanted this (laughs) grandiose thing. I almost turned it into a mini mini church service every night. I think think Mason did that at the beginning. (laughs) If I could do it over, I would do it much differently. I would just be briefer. But but even if you can't, you're not afforded that because you have a a crazy work schedule. Like you work B-shift or... You work, uh, you work midnights, mm-hmm. and you're on the opposite schedule or everybody else in your house. But on Sunday, on the Lord's Day, you're all on the same schedule, more or less. Right. And there's an opportunity that, that at least one out of seven, you can employ that, that thing. People need to be convinced scripturally about this. I, didn't, I wasn't raised in it. It took years. And I was in my early 20s, and I became convinced of it um, through help and reading and studying. 
But we can't ignore the fact that it's in the Ten Commandments. None of us would ever argue that, well, you know, remember the Sabbath days there, but Jesus came and he fulfilled that. Well, he does fulfill that, and we're still waiting for its complete fulfillment because we haven't arrived at that rest yet. But we would never say, well, Jesus came, so therefore murder is abolished now. Right. Or, or adultery is abolished now. No, no one would say that. Nobody with any integrity. So why do we think that this one has been abolished? Yeah. It doesn't make good hermeneutical sense, interpretive sense, to make such a claim. People try, but mostly because they don't want to give up their worldliness. Yeah. And that's part and parcel of one of the big reasons why the fourth commandment is the one that gets really uh, uh, rejected. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to give up our worldliness. And the, the Lord's Day has a funny way of showing us that our affections are still turned to the world. Yeah. And and it's tough. And so I have times when I go home after preaching and I, it, I'm tired and I just want to lay on the couch and watch a baseball game. Now, I don't, but, but why do I feel tempted to do it? Mm-hmm. Is that really going to help me? It's a game. It's going to end and I'm going to forget about it. But that's because there's still worldliness in it. That's why it happens. But the fourth commandment is unique in its way of telling us, hey, look, you're still in love with the world. You have yeah. too much of it. And it helps flesh it out of us. I like, too, what you said about is it bringing God pleasure or is it something that we want to to give us pleasure? Because I think a lot of people who say, okay, we're going to start honoring the Sabbath or we're going to take a day out of the week. We're going to do Saturday as our Sabbath or something like that. They're looking at it as a time to rest, unplug, be with family, but our minds still aren't on the fact that, no, this is a day wholly set apart to God and that he has set apart Sunday because we go to corporate worship. We do these things. We take communion with the body of Christ. We have the repentance and the call to worship and all of these things that we're doing. And then included in that is the whole day, not just the worship worship service, but the whole day. So if you're taking your Saturday or your Friday, um, you're not honoring the day that he set apart yep. as holy. He's and I, the one who set the day, not us. Right. We didn't establish it. Right, right. And it's going to be hard. I realize that some of our listeners might be listening to this and thinking, uh, <laughs> like it might feel heavy. And so I like what you said. It needs to be, look at the things you can do. You want it to be enjoyable. Take it slow. Look at the scriptures. Look Old Testament and New. See how Jesus honored the Sabbath. Read your Gospels. Look at those. I mean, Google. Just Google passages about the Sabbath. Um, One of the things that Jesus was mostly attacked for was that he broke the Sabbath, that he didn't. Right. Um, If he had, then we don't need need somebody else to be our Savior. Right. He certainly did not break God's law. What he did is explain it. It was the it was the theologians of his day, so to speak, who had attached all these rules. And I, I read somewhere I think there was like seven hundred and something prohibitions about the Lord's Day, the Sabbath, that were just made up. Mm-hmm. Now I I, you know, I commend the zeal to try to erect safeguards that they might not break the fourth commandment. That's good, but they heaped burdens on people right. unfairly. So that's why I tend to opt on the side of positive. Don't yeah. if I keep harping on what's great about it. You're not going to want what's not great. Yeah. It's the, the analogy I typically use here is, uh, you know, I can go out to dinner tonight and I can go anywhere. I can go to McDonald's or I can go to a steakhouse. And I got to tell you, I, you know, most times I, I'd rather have steak. Mm-hmm. Why? It's better. Right. <laughs> but I had to be convinced of that. Right. And so once 
people realize this is actually an enjoyable thing. This is this is this is can, this can be actually fun mm-hmm. and pleasurable because it's bringing us more in union with the whole purpose of why God made us that we might enjoy Him. Yeah. Here's the day we do it again as a picture of that great time, that great day when it will be perpetual. It will mm-hmm. never end. Yeah. So worship on the Lord's Day. We do it on Sunday. You mentioned that and. Uh, we're just going to anticipate it now. You know, well, why Sunday? Well, because by virtue of the resurrection, we have the newness of life. And that's the whole thing that we're looking towards. We're looking towards this newness of life that is never ending. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perpetual um, obedience, uh, worship that will be unencumbered with distractions of, the, of cares and anxieties and worries and children running around. You know, we won't be distracted <laughs> by that. Even right. if they are running around, we right. won't be distracted by that. Right. So all of it will be united perfectly on that great day of rest, right now we have that little picture. But mm-hmm. we do it because of Christ's resurrection. And that's why right. we worship on the Lord's Day. I really like that analogy of the McDonald's a mistake. Because every little kid is going to pick McDonald's. You know what I mean? Are. Yeah. Every My kids are going to say, I want to go to McDonald's, but they don't know how good a steak is because they can't even chew it yet. As soon as they get to the realization <laughs> that it's great, that they won't want McDonald's anymore. Right. But a lot of people are, are really accepting a McDonald's lunch. Yeah or dinner on the Lord's Day, and they're missing the great benefit and value nutritionally, spiritually nutrition, spiritual nutrition, uh, just the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You don't go into a nice steakhouse and sit down and eat in 37 seconds and get out. You enjoy the whole atmosphere. You sit and talk, you enjoy one another's company, uh, you do it over a meal, um, and it's a good meal. Um, It takes time. And that's what the Lord's Day looks like. That's all the things we get to enjoy. This month's giveaway is brought to you by Hetzel & Harmony. Hetzel & Harmony is a small jewelry business founded by Jasmine Hetzel, who is a wife and mother with a strong passion for Jesus and turquoise. This month, we are giving away a beautiful turquoise necklace that she handmade herself. It has a small dove on it, and it's coming just in time for Mother's Day. Every piece is created truly from the heart. She uses all natural materials from metals to feathers, beads, and stone. And the goal with H&H is to create one-of-a-kind pieces that can be passed down through the generations. How neat is that? So please go check out her business, consider supporting, and definitely enter to win. You can find our original post on our Instagram page. Good luck!